Hello everyone, welcome to the Desolation Sounds podcast. My name is Stephen Hook and this is a podcast celebrating everything to do within the world of alternative music, be that rock, punk, metal or extreme metal. Coming up on this week's show, we've got all the latest news from the past seven days, including... It's a weird bunch. The Ghost Inside, Lindemann, David Hasselhoff. Alright. Uh, Funeral for a Fan, Sleep Token, King Diamond, Issues and the Menzingers. As well as that, we've also got album reviews for Volbeat, Jeff Palmer and, of course, The Mighty Slipknot. But, as ever, we will start with the news. And like I said, mixed bag. We'll start with the Ghost Inside, the happier news of this week. Uh, Ghost Inside appear to have confirmed they've got a new album on the way. Um, it'll be album number five on the Metalcore Lads, who I think everyone knows by now the sort of travesties they've been going through. So it's really good to see them making... It's good to see them do the live shows in general, but to say to see that they are going full hog in it and they're going to make a new album is just cracking news. Um, the only information about it so far is just a picture they put on their Twitter with them hanging out with Will Putney and Jeremy McKinnon. Uh, Jeremy McKinnon, of course, of Adutter. And Will Putney is a producer who I sing the praises of a lot, so it should be rather fun. I've never, I must admit, after everything that's happened with Ghost Inside, I've never actually sat down to listen to him proper. So I might have to before that new album comes out. Who knows? What? I don't fucking know. Uh, Peter, oh fuck. Peter Tag, Tagrin? I'm going to go with Tadgren. Uh, he of... Fuck, I can't remember. Oh, he was in Pain, was it? I can't remember the fucking band he was in. Either way, Peter Tadgren has confirmed that there's going to be a new Lindemann album. Uh, going as far as to say the album is done, produced, and mixed. Um, that's pretty fucking exciting. It's, it's exciting and sad because um, with a new Lindemann album... like. The Ramstein album, I think, unofficially is their last one. Um, and I think with... Oh, fuck off, will you? With Richard seemingly putting more time into Emigrate now, and now with the news of a second Lindemann album, I think that is, you know... Swan Swan for Ramstein. It's speculatory at best, but... I thought the last Lindemann album was okay. It was fucking mad. Um, he was in Hypocrisy. Of course he was. Pain. I got I got Pain right. Um, yeah, it was a bit mad. Uh, fucking praise abort. It's weird hearing the ludicrousy of Ramstein's lyrics, but now in English where I can understand it. Like, Ladyboy was mad. Fat was fucking weird. Uh, Skills and Pills, praise abort, all that. McGarkin? McGarkin. Um, it was a lot of fun. It's just a fucking weird album. So it'd be fun to hear something else new from it. And I must admit, I wasn't expecting it quite so soon after the new Ramstein album. But here we are. It's a progressive world. Uh, the, my favorite bit of news from this week. And I couldn't believe it as I was writing it down. David Hasselhoff is collaborating with Al Jorgensen from Ministry for a cover of Sweet Caroline. I just want to let that sit. David Hasselhoff. Effectively ministry. Sweet Caroline. Beer killers across the nation will never be the same ever again. Um, it's the obvious collaboration in my eyes. Um, it is all part of Hasselhoff's 
new Open Your Eyes album that's also going to feature LA Guns guitarist Tracy Guns, Charlie Daniels, he of um, Devon Went Down to Georgia fame, I believe, and Steve Stevens from like the Billy Idol backing band. Um, it's coming out September 27th. Garen fucking T. I'll be there to listen to the cover of Sweet Caroline because how how do those two worlds meet oh man i can't fucking wait it's gonna be grand um and some more feel good news to end the core news bit funeral for a friend have announced that they are going to be returning for two special reunion concerts um the reason behind it is quite sad a friend of the band is terminally ill so they're raising some money for uh that person's family it's going to be on the 28th and 29th of October. The first show is going to be the Globe in Cardiff. The second one is going to be the O2 Shepherds Bush Empire in London. Uh, it's going to feature a lineup of Matt Davies Cray, Chris Coombs Roberts, Gav Burrow, Richard Boucher, and it's also going to be joined by Darren Smith and Ryan Richards. So I recognize quite a few of those names. Hardcore, diehard, OG funeral fans will recognize them as well. Um. I think this is just really, really neat. I know there is a podcast I listen to a lot has got a very, very cynical, very narrow-minded view about these shows. And I don't quite like it, but I'm not going to subscribe to it here. I think it is a very nice thing for a very nice group of people to do. Um, and support those shows because, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help a very good cause indeed. Cool. So new music. There's actually quite a bit of new music. I've been having a grand old time. Uh, Sleep Token, that weird as fuck post-metal project from London. Sure. Um, they've got a new song out. It's called Higher. The album, I completely missed the album news a couple, uh, a couple weeks back. The album's going to be called Sundowning, which has meanings that I did not write down. Uh, and that's coming out the 21st of November. And... It was a weird one. One the main start, when the main start, when the main part of the song starts, it's great. Like it's it's a very post melody kind of song where it spends a lot of time building and building, and when it actually starts going, boom! Like we are song now. It's fucking good. It's really really intense song. But the build up to it, the first forty five seconds of song, I just. I know he's got a bit of a warble in his voice anyways, and one of the songs from the, like, oh, Calcutta, I think it was. I really liked how it worked on there, but on this, it reminds me of those, like, TikTok videos where they put, like, the extra warble on something, and it goes, sort of goes like, we need this on it. And that's what it just sounded like for the first 45 seconds, and it was so difficult to get through. It, oh, it just wasn't great. Once, like I said, once that classic post-metal explode happens, it's a decent song. But at first, like, 45 seconds, it just... It's an effort, but I'm intrigued by Sleep Token. It's not often... I say it's not often. A lot of the, like, post-metal acts that I will religiously follow are typically in, like, post-black metal or, like, got Screamo in there. Out and out, like, post-metal isn't usually my jam, so I'm quite intrigued by Sleep Token. I really enjoyed that first EP. And the spits and spots of new music I've heard from since has intrigued me. So, who knows? It might be good, might be shit. That's a, well, that's a world of music. Praise be. 
Um, as well as some new music, we've got some new albums as well. King Diamond. Ha- Why did I say that so London? King Diamond has announced a new album for next year. He's very eager and very coordinated. The album is going to be called The Institute. And the only thing it's got is a 2020 release date. Um, but there is apparently going to be a new single out in the autumn. Or the fall, as it was described to me by some bloody Americans. Um, it's going to be the first King Diamond album since 2007. Again, I think we're like most people my kind of age. Our core extent of King Diamond and Merciful Fate is the Merciful Fate medley from Garage Inc. by Metallica. We're, we're young and stupid. Um, but as well as like a new King Diamond album, apparently Merciful Fate are also scheduled to come back next year as well. So uh, King Diamond, very busy man next year. He's just, was it quadruple heart bypass surgery? Or the collection of those words that make sense? So he's, oh, he's, he's got to be at least 50s, right? I, if I was him, I'd just put my feet up. Just chill out, but those crazy scandies. Issues also have a new album coming out. It's called Beautiful Oblivion. That's coming out the 4th of October. Oof. Big oof, lads. Big oof. Uh, the lead single from it is called Drink About It, which. Oh, it's not good. Which hurts me. Because that first, like the was it Diamond Eyes EP was great. The self-titled debut band, that debut album, sorry, was fantastic. Headspace, very average. This, the bassist looks like Elijah Burke, which any obscure wrestling fan may recognise. Also, the Pope D'Angelo De Niro, if you are an Impact fan. Um, it is drugs, the music video. It is all the drugs that um, Ronnie Radke says he's. Um, takes in his music video drugs it's just it's bad when the music video is more iconic than the song itself I just he does like the R&B whoop or like hype noise kind of thing in the chorus and it's just very annoying it is just after a while you're like it's imagine a child just going meh constantly you're like kid shut up it's like that only i can't remember what the noise is specifically because all i can think about is him sat on a throat in a red dress and the bassist just staring me out in an all-white suit it's if you took psychedelics and watched that that'd be your best fucking song ever but at the moment musically they sound like one of those YouTube metalcore bands covering a pop act, which I've used that example a lot recently, and I should find more accurate ways of describing music, but it works, it's very accurate, and I'm not a fan. I will probably still check out Beautiful Oblivion because I want the rest of issues to be good, and hopefully this is just like a bum note. Ooh, my mic pop thing, there you go. Um, but yeah, I'm not looking forward to it, but if you are a fan of issues, which I know they've got quite a diehard fan base, well, I've got, I've got a squeaky chair, fourth of October, forgot how months work. 4th of October this year, you will get Beautiful Oblivion. And yeah, your, your R&B, what are they called? An R&B metalcore band or metalcore boy band, something like that. There's more of that for you. And the more exciting news to go away from 
the disappointment I found in issues, the Menzingers. I completely missed everything to do with this. Uh, Menzingers are a band that I've been everywhere has said to listen to Menzingers, and for some reason I still haven't took the time out to listen to that um, uh, previous album, which is After the Party, something like that. Um, they have a new album out, that's well, coming out, sorry, called Hello Exile. It's also coming out the 4th of October. And I didn't realise, but they've not got one, but they've got two new songs out of it. Anna, which I only listened to the first time last night, so to bear with. Um, it seems closer to like the floaty, punchier emo that they're kind of known for. And my um, comparison or my like staple point for that is I've listened to the song The Freak so many times. My, well, nothing bleeds. It's just, it's a very good song and I like listening to it a lot. Um, America, you're freaking me out though. That is the song that came out yesterday that I, oh my God, it's so good. Um, it's got a lot more bite to it, particularly in the um, vocal around the chorus. It is so dumbfoundedly catchy. Like I was, I listened to that um, yesterday daytime, and I was still trying to remember how to sing along to it at work. It's fucking brilliant, and I cannot wait. I'm gonna definitely listen to the previous Menzingers. I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna go back on Menzingers um, some point soon. I've just finished listening to the Heck album, so I might do it then. And yeah, finally realized what the hype is about Menzingers. Because I think I'm already halfway there. Um, the album is called Hello Exile. It's coming out the 4th of October. As well as the Issues album. And yeah definitely. Anna is very good. Don't get me wrong. Anna is very good. But I've only listened to it once. I listened to America twice. And it's still stuck in my head. America you're freaking me out. Find that. Because it's also a music video. It's it's pretty decent too. It's, 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 it's all good. Right then. High time we move on to album reviews then. And we're going to start... With Volby, they are the Copenhagen-based metal band. Um, this is going to be album number seven, and it's called Rewind, Replay, Rebound. Guaranteed, I'm going to pronounce at least one of those R's as a W at some point during this review. And for that, I apologize, but English is not my first language. That's the excuse I'm using. It is their first album with Casper Boyer Larsen on bass, following the departure of Anders Kjellholm. I believe last year. I'll go with last year. Um, I must admit, it's been quite difficult to enjoy Volby the past couple of albums. Um, so I joined in on the Volboit, the Volbeat hype train in 2010 with Beyond Tail Above Heaven. Um, it features one of the greatest collaborations of all time with Barney from Napalm Death. Um, which is find that song it's called Evelyn it's a fucking masterpiece excuse me um, and the album kind of introduced me to the Volbeat sound the sound that they've become so synonymous with and how they're so massive in Europe and I think America as well like mainland Europe which is uh, imagine rockabilly or rock and roll played by Metallica fronted by Glenn Danzig that's the kind of like quite bassy, almost not quite operatic, but like you know the big um, vocal notes amongst like really bouncy heavy metal. It's the core Volbeat sound is fantastic and very very unique in its um, sense as well. Um, and they're one of the few acts that I've actually gone backwards in. Um, so from 
Beyond Hell Above Heaven went backwards, found songs like Soul Weeper, Sad Man's Tongue, Radio Girl, Marianne's Place. They are a very, very fun band to listen to. And they're an act where I think because they touch on so many different kinds of genres, anyone can get on board with at least one Volbeat album. Um, when Outlaw Gentlemen and Shady Ladies came out in 2013, it felt more streamlined and lacking a lot of the Volbeat charm. And then when Seal the Deal and Let's Boogie came out in 2016, I felt that even more to the point where I consider Seal the Deal kind of a boring album. I listened to it a couple of times and it just, I just remember nothing from it. It was quite a bland collection. Which is a shame because like I said, Volbeat are a very, very fun band to listen to. Um, and I think the change has come from them trying to open themselves up to a broader audience. A broader audience. There we go. Um, which is fine. Like, you know, I still remember my go-to example has always been uh, Shining where I don't think they did it in all the right ways. I think they were on course to do it all the right ways, but Animal was a step too far. Um, at the top of my head, I can't even think of an act right now that did it well. My first one went to Metallica, but then people are still split on the Black Album because they're dumb. Um, but it was a fact of... They, Volbeat were doing... They kind of had Manowar Syndrome. They were doing so well mainland Europe. Like... People were considering them festival headliners in like mainland Europe festivals. Um, they were, well, they still are insanely popular. But in in the UK, I'm, not, I'm still not very sure about the US. In the UK, they just never clicked. They just never, ever, like, properly, like, people just didn't get on board with them for some reason. And it's mad when you think of, like, the support they've got elsewhere and just how much fun they are to listen to. And I think them trying to broaden up their sound is maybe them trying to get to those difficult audiences in the UK and potentially US, depending on what side of the coin they're on. And I think I think they are doing it well because I do keep a lot of their like bass sound in there. It's just for people who have come from like the early days of Volbeat, it doesn't quite sit as well. I think it's great when you get people come in and it's like, oh, this is like quite a different kind of sound. And you go back and when it's like even more intense, that Volbeat charm, you're like, holy fuck. Um, but, you know, I don't understand. Here in Blighty, we just didn't get it. For, so for this album then, for Rewind, Replay, Rebound, I've also forgotten the order in which those four, four words go. Four words? Fuck me. Three words. Jesus. Um, in this album, hints of the old Volbeat is back. There is a lot more of that charm back while still catering to like the more streamlined kind of sound to get more people in. Um, the rock and roll spine is back in songs like Cloud Nine, The Awakening of Bonnie Parker, Parasite, and especially Leviathan, which was one of the lead singles coming out of the album. Um, Die to Live might be one of the greatest songs especially one of the greatest songs Volby ever done, might be one of the best songs of the year. I say that a bit too often, but my fucking God. It's with Neil Fallon from Clutch. It is sensational. The rockabilly is up to 11. Uh, the lyrics are just fucking ridiculous. I'm pretty sure that at some point, he sh um, Michael, Volby a vocalist, top of his voice goes, do the boogie woogie and shake the blues, which is just so 
oh, it's so fun. It's so good. Uh, the vocal harmonies between both Michael and Neil are just on point. And it's got a fucking sax solo. You know how much I've got a hard-on for sax solos. It's just fucking mind-blowingly good. It's got, um, with the sax solo as well, it's got this like big piano piece as well. It's proper 50s rock and roll, but with distorted guitars. It's the most Volbeat song they've done in such a long time. And if you are, if you've never gone in on Volbeat, look for Die to Live with Neil Fallon because that is what a lot of people fell in love with in those first uh, three or four albums. Um, Michael Paulson is just, is on this album, he's the best he's ever sound. Those choruses are big and he has got that like Danzig-esque drama back. Um, it's just out and force everywhere you turn. There are... There are a few, I'm like, so far high of praise. There is a lot of fun songs in this album. Um, Rewind the Exit is a good song. It like even the slower songs like Rewind to Exit. It they are a lot of fun because it does show like the more ballady, but hard rock ballad side of Volbeat. It's not like all acoustic music and like a pan flute. They have still got electric guitars. They still got double kick um, bass, but it just shows a melody that Michael can craft with his voice. Um, so in songs like that you have got Volbeat back as it were um, when we were kids as well but there's there's some songs in the album I just they just don't make sense to me they just well Parasite is officially 37 seconds long which is so frustrating because Parasite is a really good song if you if they flushed it out to like a even like a three minute one, I think that would have been like the song of the record. That would be up there. <clears throat> excuse me, that'd have been up there with "Die to Live" as like the song of the record, and another one where it'd be like potentially song of the year. If it was a full three minute one, like the greatest hits playlist I put together, there's always like two songs from every album that I've been together. The best two songs in my opinion, it would easily be "Die to Live" and "Parasite" if it was just a bulkier song. But with it being 37, I just don't understand why they capped it at that. As from memory and from recollection, I don't think they've really done that much in the past. But, you know, they probably had a reason. Um, I don't understand why they try and be a metalcore band in The Everlasting. It, yeah, it did throw me a little bit. Um, Sorry Sack of Bones has a cracking chorus. And it's overall quite a fun song. It's a weird place to be reminded of the specials. Um, if you're unaware who they are, they did Ghost Town. Like, ah, it's looking like a ghost town. You know, it just it's weird to think of them whilst listening to Volbeat, but sorry, Sack of Bones does it. But like I said, the chorus on that, fucking mint. And Pelvis on Fire. Pelvis on Fire is the one that's really thrown me because why is it a cover of Sad Man's Tongue? It is the same musically. You can sing along to Sad Man's Tongue to Pelvis on Fire. Why? Is this an in-joke that I haven't been told about? Because... I just... I didn't understand. I don't understand. Maybe, I'm, like I said, it's just... It's a joke that I wasn't invited to. Um, but I know I feel like the joke because I don't understand. I'm very, very upset. Um... So who knows? There are some weird parts of the album, all those weird parts, but there is enough there to keep. If you're a Volbeat fan, obviously you will love this. 
if you are new to Volbeat, I think this is a better place to start than um the Let's Boogie or what's the other one called? Outlaw Gentlemen Shady Ladies. I think this is like a better place to start. If I'm gonna be really nitpicky, start with the place same place I did, which was um Beyond Hell Above Heaven. But since it's here, I think Rewind, Replay, Rebound yeah. is again, it's a lot of fun. A lot of that old school Volbeat um sound the back. Um so songs like Again, Die to Live, um, Leviathan, you've got like, the big um, vocal chorus as well from Michael, saying we're the last end of the sun. The mad bits are there as well, but it's it's a very fine album from a very typically reliable band. Um, the only like comparison I can give is the way Social Distortion blend blues with punk or the way chrome division blend thrash metal with like southern rock it's that kind of idea it's that kind of idea with a d um behind volbeat but yeah like i said as i described before imagine like a rock and roll 50s rock and roll kind of sound played by metallica but fronted by danzig and you will have volbeat and you'll have their seventh album, Rewrap the Fuck! Oh, I made it so far! Oh, I've been said it right every time. Fuck! Volby with their seventh album, Rewind, Replay, Rebound. I feel like the fucking intro to WWE television. Sigh. Alright, we'll move on to now the next album because it's got lots of. It's peas. I can do peas, I think. Um, the album is called Pulling Out All the Stops, and it's by a gentleman called Jeff Palmer. It is his second solo album overall, but his first out going under the moniker of uh, Jeff Palmer. Previously performed under the name Jeff Useless. Um, he is from. He hails from Portsmouth, North Ham North Hampshire, New Hampshire, and he is a a bit of a name in the power pop pop punk. Uh, scene in America, like the uh, more the underground kind of thing. Um, despite being less than four years old, he's got a 20 year history in that scene, the pop punk power pop scene. Uh, started in 1998 with his, he had a brief stint with the Quiz, his first first brief stint with the Quiz. Um, and since that time, he has worked with a variety of bands, including the Guts, Kurt Baker, uh, the New Trocaderos. He co-fronted a band called The Connection um, but since 2009 he has begun work as a solo artist so he's got a very old school punk rock <clears throat> excuse me punk rock work rate um, where you just dabble in as many projects as you can for the lols basically um, mild oh fuck me I just punched my uh, pop shield again mild tangent in the terms of like the greater pop punk view there's always that discussion for Blink-182 versus Green Day in terms of what they did to pop punk. I'm always a Green Day man because Green Day have a lot more bite in their pop punk. They are what I think pop punk should be. Where it's punk rock played with pop melodies and pop sensibilities. Whereas Blink-182, okay they did that a bit in the early days but since they've gone more towards pop music with guitars. Which has spawned a lot of very shit bands. You know, you've got your likes of All Time Low, um, Boys Like Girls, 
whoever it was that did press yes julia was that mayday parade no it wasn't someone can't change gear outside my door uh yeah whoever it was who did um press yes julia it's a fucking shit song you should a shit song and you should feel bad fuck you i can't pronounce s's um whereas green day they had a little bit more bites you've got stories so far i don't like them but neck deep or i'd say are in that bubble as well so in terms of like the overall what they've done blink 182 versus green day lasting quality for them personally i'd go green day over blink purely because i quite like revolution radio and i'm not liking what i've heard of nine so far size i think blink have edged it over the past couple of years because they are going way pop um and green day have been a bit erratic recently it makes me sad but just general effect on the music industry blink take it over green day which is very very upsetting because again you talk about the average you talk to the average music fan about pop punk you'll get all time though boys like girls even maybe even water parks if you're very in depth They've all adapted to the more uber-pop side of pop-punk that Blink-182 brought in all those years ago. Really, when you hear someone use the term pop-punk, you want them to be talking about albums like this. And um, it's like melodic, it's crunchy, it's full of energy, and there's a like an element of sing- sing-along about it. I, like, first start, I fucking love this album. This is why I'm like trying to bring home like the pop pop punk versus the punk pop 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 punk. There's fucking too many pops. Uh, um, this album reeks of Ramones in terms of like melo- um fucking vocal melodies. Fuck. Music melodies. There we go. And vocal melodies as well. And often sounds like it's fronted by Hank Von Hell from Turbo Negro. Um, the pronunciation in Everything is Cool just screams of that lunatic Norwegian bastard. Um, it's an insanely fun album. It's so much fun. Like, I know I've been, use- I've been using that word a lot today. Um, it's insanely catchy. There is hooks for days. Um, you know, look at songs like Punker Than Me, This One's Gonna Be Hot, Donut. Even on like the more like floatier songs where it does go very, very power pop. Excuse me. Um, so like I Like Murder 2, Paper Hearts, two or three listens, excuse me, and they are stuck in your head and you are singing along exactly what you want from a Ramones album. Um, and like I think I Like Murder 2 and the Paper Heart songs, they are meant to be like the lovey, doughy, ballady kind of songs and they are just full of dumbness. It's so ridiculous and they are, and for that reason, that's why they're entertaining. There's a plenty... There's a plenty. There's a plenty amount of punk cynicism in there. Like you go to all the hits, it is every repressed aggression felt by veteran punks. I I put it something else, but I don't know if I can pronounce it. The repressed aggression anthem of a veteran punk. Yeah, I did it first time. Um, Velcro shoes and punk and me. Um, Velcro Shoes has the line I'm in a bad mood all the time I'm way past my prime I'm getting fat I'm getting old I'm getting lost everywhere I go if that doesn't just scream I'm very very unhappy with the world right now or me or both I don't know it sucks it's fucking great it's so much fun and it's very very therapeutic to hear other people say that at you Um, 
it, it, like I said, it's a cracking amount of fun. It really, really is. Um, I enjoyed this way more than I thought I would. Um, it is steeped very much in that old school rock and roll inspired punk rock. Um, and I think the reason why I've like gone into it more is just because it is it's so easy to get into. Like recently, I've had North Lane. I've been listening to Sleep Token. I've got Pine and Condra to listen to for next week. Tool is out imminently. A lot of very big, expansive records, and a lot of like you got to listen to them over and over again to really like appreciate what they've been doing and yada yada yada. This was just you put it on, you press play, and it's just what was it about forty minutes or so of good punk rock, and then you can like hum along to it as you're going about the rest of your day, listen to it again, and then now you sing it along. It's it's just easy music, and sometimes that's what you need. And I think you should all listen to it because it's great. If you are a fan of the Ramones, if you are a fan of the Hank Von Hell album that I reviewed, I think it was last year now, or if you ever look at the the Lookouts. The side project by Billy, G- Billy Joe from Green Day. Gift this a bash. It is insanely amount of fun. Um, it's called Pulling Out All the Stops. And it's by Jeff Palmer. Um, and I hope I hope he like continues on this like solo route. Because I think it's, it's, it's fucking great man. I don't know why I end every review with putting on a daft voice. I don't end all my sentences like that in like general day to day conversations. Like... Bye, see ya. Oh, boy, boy, now. I just don't do that. That's just fucking stupid behaviour. I don't know why I do it. Last album of this week, then. It is We Are Not Your Kind. It is the big one. It's the... Big one. Um, it is by the Des Moines, Iowa Legends, Slipknot. I think everyone's aware of that by now. Um, it's album number six for them, and it's their first album without Chris Fenn. It has been a very messy subject regarding Chris. I don't want to go into into it at all because yeah, I just don't want to. Um, <coughs> yes, they still die. There are few things a majority of music fans will get excited for, um, just as a collective these days. Most big album announcements will enrich one side, whilst the other side will just be dejected. You know, my go-to example. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm thinking about this guy, but. Um, an Ed Sheeran album gets announced. Very, very. It'll, it'll split music fans, won't it? Um, with the news of a new Slipknot album, this appeals to damn near everyone, and that's just bonkers. Slipknot somehow become one of those very few bands that are universally accept- accepted, no matter what style of music you go for. Which is, I'll go into a bit more in a bit about. Just the the presence of Slipknot, but I had about three people come to the office when I was at work asking me if I'd listened to the Slipknot album, and they are three people who I would not expect to be hanging out listening to music together, but all of them, all of them agree that Slipknot is the way to go. Which, what makes it even matter is it's on the back of two very mixed received albums. All Hope Is Gone was seen as a huge experiment at the time, going way more into the groove metal side of things. Um, And from what I've seen, it doesn't seem to have aged very well. I really liked it because it was my first Slipknot album. 
and it's one of the first things I listened to when I came back to England. Um, so I don't know if that's just like rose tinted spectacles over the top of it all, but a lot of people in the run up to uh, "We Are Not Your Kind" have been very much on the fence about "All Hope Is Gone" and kind of like using it as "Wanik is so good because All Hope Is Gone" was so blah. And similar to chapter five, well, sorry, five, the Grey Chapter. I I flat out just did not like the Grey Chapter. Um, which is weird, because every time, in the lead up to listen to We Are Not Your Kind, I kept having um, The Devil and I stuck in my head. I haven't listened to that song in years, but um, the great chapter, it was just a bit of a mess. There was a lot happening behind the scenes, um, with regards with Joey, with Paul, um, Jim versus Corey, just the new members coming in, uh, Donnie, uh, oh, fuck, what's his last name? The standing bass they had for when Paul passed away. Donnie Steele. Um, I say Donnie purely because in the subsequent events with Chris Fenn, Donnie is like voice his opinion. So it's kind of... I'm just making speculation about what his presence was like in recording sessions of um, The Grey Chapter. So it's mad that people are getting so excited about Slipknot like everyone's getting excited about Slipknot on the back of two very like lukewarm albums and I won't lie Slipknot look like they're a band that are cursed because in the lead up to this um Clown unfortunately lost his daughter um and I feel like there was something else oh obviously with everything that happened with Chris I feel like it's a third thing as well but they have a lot of bad luck in run up to album do Slipknot but and like I was worried about what is like the core, what the end result was going to sound like, but this has been this album fucking slams. It is deserving every accolade it's been giving so far. It's the number one in the UK and the US. I think recently it was on Twitter it went US. I'm uh, sorry, it went number one most recently in Portugal. Oh my god, this album is great. Um, first of all, it's so good hearing that classic like really gritty slipknot tone in in just in music in general unsainted is a great opening song it really properly hypes you up for the rest of the album birth of the crawl has one of my new favorite lines in music which is a more fucked up and i make it look good i am devastated that more people aren't talking about nero forte it has Everything ends, stroke, uh, spit it out vibes on the verses. Just like the way he spits out or like any all of the rapping parts of it. And then when it gets into the chorus, it's just like quite haunting, like gothic cleans. I fucking love Nero Forte. First time. So I listened to it for the first time at work with um, a friend of mine. And... We listened to the album, we, we recognised Unsaid, and we thought that was kind of cool. Birth of the Cruel was alright. Um, death Because of Death was like a weird um, interlude to in a bit. Then when Nero 40 came on, fuck, we both just turned around like this. Fucking great. Oh man, that song is incredible. Um, the second half of the album is really, really strong. Uh, Spiders into Orphan is just fucking... Mwah. Italian hand kiss. That's how good it is. Spiders, really, really creepy. Almost nine inch nails. Industrial crawler. 
Orphan. It's just a, it's a very Slipknot kind of song, but it's just a fucking good one, okay? It is aggro new metal with some like weird electronic bits and it just fucking rocks. It's so good. To end with Solway Firth, it's just filthy. Oh man, I f- when it first came out, I was like, nah, I'm much more of an insanted kind of guy. Solway Firth fucking rips. That slow, um, like echoey kind of riff, like, just over the top of like all the aggression is just fucking incredible. That alarm style synth that just plays over the top, um, I think it's post chorus. Double kicks from Jay Weinberg, who I think just. I'll talk about Jay a bit more in a bit, but he's fucking excellent in this album. And he does a really great job on Solway. Um, and he's got like the Slipknot kind of lyrics to back it up. Um, you want a real smile, or the one I used to practice to, to not feel like a failure is. Sorry, not to feel like a failure is going to be like the Edgelord tattoo in a few years' time. Either that or um, I'm all fucked up and I make it look good. Those two are going to be on like scrawl across like white kids shoulder blades or if blue banana was still a thing all them all their shit would be covered in those lyrics um which is frustrating because they're brilliant but edgelord got it edgelord you know um overall for the the band themselves they feel like a more well-rounded kind of band than this they sound 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 like they're at the start of their career jay on drums just does an amazing job his fills and his rhythms um they are joey tier at places we know we bang on about joey jordison being like one of the greatest drummers of all time jay some of the things he does in this album can match joey um hit for hit the like, like i said they sound like they are fresh and at the start of their careers and they're hungry um but they're also just absolutely not afraid of experimenting the electronics aren't just signposting um breakdowns or time to go fucking batch it they are fully integrated to carry the sound um carry the songs critical darling sounds like um the defiled in a way it like deals with synth work um and i've already spoken about songs like spiders solway first nero 40 which are so um oh what's the word i'm trying to think of integrated there we go with the industrial sound um and just we are not your kind it's just fucking amazing like it's uk number one it's us number one first metal album to achieve this in four years in the uk um a Kerrang article was saying that in the past 10 years the only other bands to do it were iron maiden i think they've done it twice avenged and there was one more and they were American. I don't think I don't even think it was Metallica. That's the kind of level it is. Like Metallica can't get a UK number one. I don't think. I can't think who it was. Damn. Oh well. But they like. It's not easy to for a metal band of any kind to be given that UK number one spot. Um, and it staggers me. Absolutely baffles me that like. We'll talk about like the biggest metal bands of all time. And inevitably the discussion will always go to Maiden versus Metallica. They are visually two very classic like that classic metal look is molded on Metallica and Maiden. 
denim jackets, cutoffs, uh, pins, badges, you know, the whole the whole nine yards. You can throw Avenged in like the biggest modern metal band argument as well. They all look like rock bands or like rock stars. Slipknot are boiler suit wearing, mask wearing, terrifying monoliths of metal. And they they are one of the biggest metal bands. They are up there with, I think, I'd even say they're bigger than Avenged. They're bigger than Avenged. They are on course. Like, if we took out things like time and bodies and that kind of thing, they are on course to be up there with Maiden Metallica in a few years' time. They are, they will go down as one of the greatest heavy metal bands that ever existed. And it's just, you look at, like, every every album cycle, people get hyped about um, their masks. Like, just going through them now, Sid looks like fucking Palpatine, but he's looked like a cyborg skeleton before you've got I said Craig that's got like the long was it Craig that had a long nose or Chris had a, um oh sorry Craig, sorry my bad Craig is the one that's got a thousand fucking spikes in his head um Mick Thompson is about six foot six built like a brick shit house, and he's just like got this like scowling mask Jim Root is like an evil joker clown Corey looks like a faceless and you just got clown. Who is a clown? I don't even know what his latest mask is. Probably something clowny. And then you've got um, Venturella and Weinberg as well. Who I must admit, I do like uh, Venturella's mask. It's very like Aztec-y and Jay just looks like a burn victim. And you've got Tortilla Man, who okay might be a bit of a joke at the moment because he is Tortilla Man, but still looks like fucking. And again, another burn victim. Uh, oh, that's the latest mask. Oh, I've just Googled the latest clown mask. That's haunting. This is what they look like, and yet they are one of the biggest metal bands. They're scheduled to be one of the biggest metal bands of all time. Currently one of the biggest modern-day metal bands. And they are universally accepted and universally loved, and that is mad. And it's so fucking cool that you, you we have this. Um, the biggest concern that we now have, and this was brought up by Riot Act, and I'll link uh, as soon as I find which episode it was, I'll link at some point and say and like show off their points. They go into it in much better detail because they are better. But the concern now is how much longer do we have Slipknot? Clown, I think, was saying that he can carry Slipknot on forever. All the band are very confident. Corey's very excited as well. But Corey's just had double knee surgery. They are all like the. Annals of aging waits for no man or clown. You've got, like, Dillinger packed it in a couple of years ago because they went so hard for so long they can't do it anymore. Ramstein looks set to be doing the same sort of thing. How much longer do we have Slipknot as this leviathan of explosive heavy metal? And... um, Renfri from the Riot Act, um, Riot Act podcast made a very, very good point, which is how do Slipknot age gracefully? And, you know, it's kind of terrifying what we're going to have. So you can thank Renfri, not me, for that terrifying point. But 
the future is the future. The future is bleak. The future is very sad. Focus on the now and focus on the fact that we are not your kind. The sixth album from Slipknot. Almost had to do my thinking then. The sixth album from Slipknot is just fucking wonderful. And enjoy it because it is... It's a, it's a treasure. It's a gem. And we deserve it because we're all going to die soon. And that is the Desolation Sounds podcast for this week. Um, next week, I'm hoping to have Conjure and Pine with their new collaborative project thingy. Um, Curses Metal Hands. I almost have to do a think again. We're also going to have Killswitch Engage, Killswitch Engage Ithaca or Ithaca, whatever it's pronounced, and Petrol Girls. And I hope to see you all then. And until then, yeah, have fun. Bye.